Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord and to be with our brothers and sisters together? Amen? Well, let's look at the Word of God today. Uh, let's open up our Bible to Psalm 119, um, verse 165. Um, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about, and, and of course, you know, I'm, I teach a lot on love, but obviously because that's where God has me, right? <laughs> You know, because in, innately we are... Did you hear that big word already? Innate? Huh? I'm telling you what, I'm going to have to get some of them little glasses, put them on my nose. I don't want to be doctor, call me professor. Innately we are selfish beings. Without the Lord and the love of God in us, we are selfish. And, and I've determined in myself to find that selfishness, to find what it is in me that never thinks of others and change that to someone that does think of others at all times because that's the love of God. It never thought of itself. It thinks of others all the time. And there are things that distract us and keep us from being that person because God has recreated us in His image. So we are a person of faith. We are a person of love. We are people who can walk in this love and we don't have to think about ourselves, be self-willed, be selfish. You know, I, and I told you guys this story. My mom prayed years ago when we didn't have any children. And I'm not saying everybody needs to have children to fix this problem. But she said, Lord, give them a child. They're selfish. Yeah. That was her prayer. Because everything we thought about was how it affected us. Our whole life was surrounded by us. You know, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Can we get enough money to do this for me and you, that for you? And man, if somebody else interrupted our life, whew, don't call us. We got plans. Right? We don't want to hear your problems. We got problems of our own. You ever heard people say that? I can't help somebody else. I got too many problems of my own. That's your problem. You need to help somebody else. Amen? If you got lots of problems, go help somebody else. First of all, it takes your mind off your problems. Yeah. Amen? Because you thinking about your problems is still selfish. It doesn't feel selfish when you're doing it because the devil's good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't feel selfish. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just know I need to worry about this. I know it's big, and if I don't worry, something's not right. i got to worry, and I need to worry big. I can't just worry a little bit. Things aren't going good for me. You know, and that, the, the devil make it sound like you're doing something wise by worrying and being self-indulged in your own problems. And you know, of course, we did get have a child. We actually adopted Ramsey, and in, in doing so, God did change our lives. Why? Because we had someone else to think about all the time. And yeah, if anybody's had a baby, you know, you don't even get to think about you. That's right. Right? You know, my wife likes to clean the house. But when you get the new baby, you ain't got time to clean the house. When you want to clean the house, you do something on a whole different schedule and around somebody else. But you don't have to have a baby to show you this. We have the love of God in us. And in that love is the ability to always be thinking of others. But to always be thinking of others, we have to defend what's in us. And, and the best defense, you know, there's a, there's a saying in football and basketball probably too, but in football they say the best defense is a good offense. Mm-hmm. Well, scripturally speaking, the best defense is no offense. Mm-hmm. Offense is the enemy 
of the church. People being offended, people being angry, people being bitter, that is the enemy of love. And it will cause love to be ineffective because it causes love to be put on the back seat. And it causes us to think, well, if you're offended, well, who are you thinking about? You. What, what someone did to you, what somebody didn't do for you, so what's how somebody should have treated you and didn't. You know, people get offended at the word. You know, you could say, you could say something like it says, give to every man that asks. And, and somebody in the crowd will say, yes, people should be given to me. That, that verse was written to you, not written for you. <laughs> That's being offended by the word. You've taken the word and used it to your defense rather than used it to, your, to do things with. The, the, the Bible's written to us. Right? That'd be like me telling Kim she's supposed to submit. That verse wasn't written to me. I don't tell Kim she's supposed to submit. <laughs> right? We've learned that through, what, nine or ten marriage meetings by now. Right? And she doesn't tell me I'm supposed to love her. God tells me I'm supposed to be loving her sometimes. He says, you're not doing quite a good enough job of that right now. Amen? He said, let's increase on that. But the best defense as a Christian is zero offense. Amen? Look at Psalm 119, verse 65. Or verse 165, I'm sorry. 165. This one won't, this one won't match the message at all. Although it's a good, good verse. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Let's look at that in the, in the, in the uh, New English translation. If we have, I think we have that. It's N-E-T. But it says, Those who love your law are completely secure. Nothing causes them to stumble. I guess we don't have it the same. Upended is what it says there. Mine says stumble. These N-E-T people, man, they talk in two languages, don't they? <laughs> It's completely secure, though. Completely secure. Insecurity is one of the biggest reasons people are offended. Amen? If we're secure in who He's made us to be, and secure in who we are in Christ, secure in His love for us, what is His law? What's His law to you? His law to you is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's His law. It does not say that the whole law is summed up in that. People who love that law aren't thinking about themselves, so therefore they can't be offended. People who refuse to think about themselves cannot be offended. Amen. You guys with me today? This is a good message. I promise I got happy looking at it. Why? Because it changes our lives. It keeps us in places we're supposed to be. It takes us places we're supposed to go. It puts us in contact with people we would never contact otherwise. Because when we're selfish and self-centered, we only think about ourselves. We don't go out with and, and try to be among people. You, you see people all the time say, well, I don't want to go around and be around all those non-Christians. Yes, you do. That's exactly who you want to be around. That's what you're built to be around. Why? Because you're the only person that can watch them and not get offended. You can listen to them and they can cuss and it won't bother you. Why? Because your delight is in His law. And He says He loves them. And if He loves them, you love them. And so no matter what they do, you can't be offended by it. 
And that's, they're, they're trying to offend Christians. Why? Because if they can offend you, then, they're, then you're just like them. And if you're just like them, then they don't need what you have. Right? If we become just like the world, they don't need what we have. Amen? This says complete security. It says those who love your law are completely secure. The first way to not be offended is to hold on to what God says. To hold on to what God said about you. To hold on to what God says about others. To hold on to what He did for us. Amen? Because if you look at what He did for you, He so loved you that He gave Jesus. He did the same thing for everyone. So if you look at it from the inside out, first He loved you and He loves everyone just like you. Amen? And He gave us the same love for them. Amen? The same love to love them with. If you walk in love, you will not be offended. You can't be offended. I could say anybody, anything to anybody walking in love and they would not be offended. Right? Why? Because they would first consider the source and then they would love the source. Right? When, when, the, when, the, when Jesus was talking to the rich young ruler and he got all sad when, Jesus, when he said you need to go and give, did Jesus say, well, that's crazy. All I did is told you to give. Huh? And a lot of times that's what Christians do. They'll tell somebody to do something and they can't do it and they'll say, well, forget them. I don't think Jesus gave up on that boy. Do you? It says He loved him. He was trying to help him. And Jesus never quit helping people. When we are unoffendable, we won't quit helping people. Offended people quit helping. Why? Because they're only thinking of them. When you're offended, when when you have been hurt, when you've stumbled, over and over again this word offend is the same word as stumble and fall. So well, it's, it's two things. It's causing you to not be doing or being who you are. Offense keeps you from being who you are in Christ. You guys are quiet today. Okay, offense is like this. Offense makes us an easy target for the devil. Right? I was uh, working with a person we all know that's done martial arts in his lifetime. Right? <laughs> And, and he decided to show me some of the stuff. And so he said, put your hands like this. And I put my hands like this. And he said, okay, get in a stance. And I got in a stance like this. And he said, you're an easy target. And I said, why? He said, because you don't stand forward when you box. He said, you're an easy target. He said, you stand like this. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, I'm an easy target either way. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? <laughs> It just could be I'm an easy target. <laughs> Love puts us in a stance where we are not an easy target. Offense puts us in a position to where we can be hit over and over and over and over again by the devil. Have you ever noticed that if you take offense to one thing, then the devil will start helping you and the list of why, you, why you're offended and why you should be and can be offended just keeps getting longer and longer. They did this. Yeah, and they haven't been fed and tell me thank you last time I did this for them and I've done this and they didn't and they didn't say anything. And you know the church didn't even call me when they had this problem. They didn't call me and they didn't call me. And they didn't do for me. Right? And me, me, and me. And what about me? 
Have you noticed the defense is about me? And you know where it'll take me? Where I don't want to go, where I shouldn't ought to be, doing what I shouldn't ought to do. Amen? Offense will separate you from God. Amen? People got offended with Jesus. Right? They did. The Word of God, the Word of God made flesh, came to the earth and spoke under an, an anointed Word. He spoke the anointing. He, when He spoke, it was anointed. It was the Word of God. And people got offended by it. Why? Because they were offendable. Right? Guess what? We are all offendable. It's a choice. It's a choice. Look at, um, look at uh, Matthew 15. Matthew 15, Jesus starts talking about it's not what goes into a man that, that makes him unclean, but it's what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. Amen? It's, it's, what, it's, it's not what you put in you. It's what, what comes out your mouth. It's what, it's what you say. That's what, that's what makes you unclean. Amen? Amen. Your, your actions, whether they're done in love or not, you know, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. Well, the Pharisees did not like that at all when he said that. How many know the Pharisees were offended that Jesus was in the earth? Amen? So everything He said was an offense to them. When you get offended with somebody, an individual, everything they say becomes an offense to you. So what happens if you're offended with God? Woo, you're in trouble. Right? Because you've got two choices. You can start changing His Word around to fit your offense. Right? Or His Word's going to offend you. Right? You guys with me? <laughs> so they got offended. His disciples came to Him in verse 12 and said, they, they came, Then came His disciples and said unto Him, Knowest that... Do you, <laughs> did you know you offended the Pharisees? How about that? I'll say it in some Dave language. Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended? After they heard this saying? And Jesus, of course, knew they were. And he, and he, but he talked about them after that. And he didn't say, well, that's just fine. That's the way they are. He said they're blind. What was he saying? He's saying they, they're not trying to see. They're, it's not that they couldn't see. They're not trying to see. They are blind and they're blind guides. And they're, they're leading people. They're leading blind people. What's he saying? He's saying that they're, they're, they don't want to see and they'll lead those who don't want to see with them. Amen? What was their actual problem? Their actual problem was that they didn't understand. Yeah, we'll prove it. Okay. <laughs> they didn't understand. Why? Because they didn't want to understand. Right? Go on down. He said, he, said, uh, he said, every plant which my heavenly Father is not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. that They be blind leaders of, of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. What's he saying? A fence will only take you one place. Why? Because it's not on the path. It's go, you're headed to a ditch. First, first in the spiritual, and then if you continue on in the natural, you will find yourself in a ditch. You'll find yourself in a place that was not designed for you. Offense will take you places you don't want to be. It'll put you in, in circles that you weren't designed to be in. You, know, you, might, be, you might say, well, you know, I've been ministering to these guys and ministering to these guys and they can't hear a thing I say. Maybe you're the one that's not supposed to be there. Right? Yeah. 
you need to pray and see where, how you got to where you are. Did you get there because God said go? Or did you get there because you heard go after you got offended? You know how many people leave churches with good excuses? Right? And don't get me wrong, people are supposed to go. People are supposed to come in, be taught, and go out. Don't, don't get me wrong, that's supposed to happen to some. But over and over again, when you talk to people who aren't here anymore, or aren't in another church anymore, what, what's, what, is, what, what comes out? Well, no, I'm not upset, but did you know this happened? Right. <laughs> well, I'm not upset, but... You're not upset, but? Are you upset or not? Because I'm not. I'm, I'm hearing a but. Right. <laughs> right? Yes, sir. And and if you're you're upset and you got a but, you you need to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Even if you're going somewhere, get rid of the upset. Amen. Because guess what? You're of no use wherever you're going. That's right. Because you're in unforgiveness. You can call it whatever you want. I'm not upset, but you know, I'm just trying to learn from this experience and let me tell you all about what happened and what they didn't do and should have done, and, and I, I can't understand. And the, and the preacher, he preached on this. And you know, I don't understand that at all. That can't be right. I don't understand that, and I, it can't be right, aren't even in the same sentence. Yeah. If you don't understand it, you don't know whether it can be right. You don't understand it. People leave places because they don't understand why something's done a certain way. Why the preacher preached this. <laughs> right? It's why Brother Moore says over and over again, stay where you're stationed, go where you're sent. You need to be open to do both things. There's people here that wouldn't be open to go somewhere else. <laughs> This is my church. They preach what I like, and by golly, I'm staying here. Guess what? You're offended with all the other churches in the world. How do you know there's not one that God specifically called you to that you could be the very most help in? Right? You could be a little bit of help here, but man, you go there, and God could open a door to the ministry and the gift that He's put in you that would never be open here. Why? Because it's being blocked. <laughs> you guys with me? Where are we? Matthew 15. Then, he, then, then answered Peter and said to him, Declare unto us this parable. What? And Jesus said, Are you also without understanding? What was their, both their problems? The Pharisees didn't understand. Neither did the disciples. So there was two choices here. Some people left mad. Some people said, help us. Understanding is not an excuse for offense. Lack of understanding, I should say, is not an excuse for offense. If you have lack of understanding, the best thing to do is to be like the disciples and say, help us to understand. Amen? Because if we don't understand something that's taught here, you know, my mom used to have a great saying. She said, put it on a shelf. She said, put it on a shelf. I'd call her up and say, Mom, this doesn't make sense to me. And she says, well, that's because you don't know everything. Mom was pretty blunt. Probably still is. (laughs) And I say, yeah, I understand that, Mom. I don't know everything. She said, put it on a shelf. God will show it to you when you can see it. 
You're going to need it someday. Put it on a shelf. Right? How many know there's sugar on a shelf and there's flour on a shelf, but individually they don't make a chocolate chip cookie? Huh? Start adding all those things onto the shelf, and eventually you can put them all together and make a chocolate chip cookie. Glory to God. Huh? Right? So you may be only getting part of what you need at that time anyway. Put it on a shelf. Don't get offended. Your understanding should not decide what you think about your whole existence. <laughs> well, I'm just in the wrong place. I don't understand a word they're saying. I'm in the wrong church. <laughs> you know, we have people, people call, the one week they come in and they say, God has told me to come here. I am so happy. I am here. I am staying. Anything you need, call me. Man, two weeks later, you guys don't do this here. No? Do you do this? Uh-uh. What about this? No, we don't do that here. Oh, you know, all of a sudden they weren't called here. Were they? You know, I can't hear from God for them. Were they? Maybe they just needed to come here and be loved for a little while, or love, better yet. God will put you in positions to succeed in areas you're weak. Amen? And if you're weak in love, He'll put you in a place to love. If you're weak in faith, He'll put you in a place to use your faith. He'll, I'm not saying He'll put you in problems. he puts you around other people to build you up and encourage you and to begin to bring your faith to a level to where He knows you're going to need it. Amen? Yes, sir. He will help you. And so if you're somewhere and you don't like it, that's because it's uncomfortable on your flesh. Right? You reckon Paul liked prison? Yeah, I reckon he said, you know, I think I need to go to prison for the next couple of years because I need to write some more of the New Testament. I just can't get it written outside of prison. I really hear from God best when I'm in a stinky hole being beaten. I don't figure he liked that at all. Our comfort is not a test of where we're supposed to be. Okay, we'll go on. Right? Lots of times what I've noticed is my discomfort is God saying, boy, you really need to work on that. Huh? Man, has your mind ever went and tried to find verses to keep you from having to figure that out? <laughs> well, Lord, you would never do that. You're all merciful. Your grace is sufficient. That would never happen. Wrong again. That would happen. <laughs> you guys are quiet. <laughs> Understanding is not what you have to have. And if you don't have it, it's not a reason to get offended. It's a reason to search harder. I remember when I first started teaching Bible studies, man, people, I, th I thought, well, I can teach Bible studies. By golly, I know the Bible. I can teach. Man, I got out there and people who didn't agree with what I was teaching started bombarding me with well, that ain't right and they'd get mad at me and you know what I did I got offended and I said well you don't have to come to my Bible study anyway that's exactly who I wanted in my Bible study who was I trying to teach people who already knew it why because I didn't like them coming against me 
But they weren't coming against me. They were coming against what they didn't understand. And without teaching, they weren't going to understand it. So I had two choices. Get mad because they were mad at me or walk in love and try to, try to keep teaching this because God's good. And that's what I wanted people to know that was God was good. And so I could either cancel Bible studies because these people weren't going to hear or keep going until they did. Amen. Glory to God. He's got a way. But we have to be unoffendable because the world is going to try to offend you. And I'm going to say something someday that I'm not going to understand and I might offend you before I ever say it. Forgive me, okay? Forgive me. Because that's what I would want from me, from you, for you to do for me, for you, me to do to you. Yeah. I would want to think no matter what you said to me, immediately there would be forgiveness. Yeah, Amen? You know, me and my sister, we had to, this thing the, this past Thanksgiving and Christmas. Somebody always buys soda, takes it to the house, and coolers. This seems like a weird story, but it'll work. <laughs> Amen? And they buy the ice and they put all the soda in there. And she called me up and said, you get the soda this year. I'm like, I'm 50 miles from you guys and you're calling me to get the soda? I was wrong, okay? I was wrong. My answer was wrong. Right? First of all, my answer was wrong. I'm not saying that it wasn't true. (laughs) But it was wrong. And so my sister immediately got mad at me. And she said... Well, fine, I'll just get it. So her answer back to me was wrong. Right? <laughs> right? So now we're both wrong. So I, so I come up with my own idea. I'm going to go buy coolers, put them at Dad's house. Doesn't that, doesn't that sound good? Right? It's not what it's about, though. It's not what it's about. I'm trying to fix this with a natural thing. My sister's now mad at me and thinks I'm mad at her. I, I actually don't get mad for very long because I'm scatterbrained. I, I, I just can't think about what you told me long enough to stay mad at you. <laughs> so I just, I just don't stay mad. Besides that, I don't like being mad. I'm really bad at it. I am really bad at being mad. So anyway... I get the cooler, and she goes, Dad won't want to keep the coolers over there. He doesn't like They're in his garage. They're in his way. I know him. He won't like that. So she's, we're, we're having this argument over coolers and ice and soda. <laughs> Amen? Is this dumb or what? But you know what? After Christmas was over, during Christmas, we didn't argue. We didn't fight. You know what? She's my sister. We loved each other. And love covers all that stuff. That's just junk trying to get in the way. We t- I talk to her all the time. And, and the coolers have not made me move away from her. Right? Or change that she's my sister. You know what? If you just can't agree with the way I am, then forget you. I'm not even coming to Christmas. Do you know you got whole families that aren't having Christmas together because of the coolers? Seriously, guess what? We're brothers and sisters. If you get upset with somebody, get over it because they're still your brother and sister. You're going to be with them forever. They may live next door to you. Will you mow my lawn if I do? 
If I live next door to you when you're mowing, mow on mine. Amen. I believe in heaven there's grass that doesn't grow. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> Offense. <laughs> we cannot become offended at God or His Word. We can't become offended because we don't understand. Think about John 6 where the people, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when I was preaching. The people heard Jesus. He said, he said you got to eat my flesh, you got to drink my blood. Man, they, these people had been following Him everywhere. He, this is a crowd of people. He called them His disciples. He, he said they're just these disciples. He called them His disciples and they've been following Him everywhere. And He said that He, he preached one sermon. They forgot about everything else He'd ever taught. What should they have done? Put it on a shelf. Put it on a shelf. When the minute you say it's too hard to understand, put it on a shelf. Why? Two things. You don't know what God's doing. God builds from the root up. Just because you can't see the seed in the ground doesn't mean it's growing. Not growing, I mean. Amen? We don't always know what God's got planned. In a church, you don't know the whole vision that God's given the pastor. Don't run off because you don't like one part of it, because you don't know. Amen? God's given him a vision. Let's stick with it. Do you trust in the Lord? Did God put you here? Huh? And all of a sudden, did God say leave because you don't like that? Did God tell all these people to leave because they didn't understand what Jesus said? No, but they still left. You know what it says in one verse after they left? And this is true of so many people that get offended. True of me when I got offended. Let's put it that way. Probably none of you have ever done this. Amen. It said in John 6.65, and this is after they got offended, it says uh, they left Him. And after this, many of these disciples drew back. This is the uh, amplified version. It said after this, many of the disciples drew back and returned to their old associations... Why? Because if you become offended with where God's got you, there's only one place to go, and that's back. You don't get to jump forward. There's nothing ahead of God. (laughs) So if you get offended with what God said, you have nowhere to go except backwards. So what they do, they returned to their old associations and no longer accompanied Him. Amen? How many people have come and said, you know... I thought God called me here, but you know, it just doesn't seem to be working out. I'm going to go back. You know, again, I can't hear from God for them, from, for them, but is that right? Or did they move by offense? God doesn't move people by trouble. He, he, he walks over trouble. He steps on trouble. Right? Giants and big walls don't move Him. Right? Mean people with hard hearts, don't move God. You know, he doesn't say, you know what, you're right, those people are kind of mean. You don't go to church there anymore, okay? Because there's some mean people there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Guess what? In, in churches, a lot of times, mean people come. Where, where do you want them? <laughs> where would you like the mean people to go? <laughs> to a mean place so they can get meaner? Maybe they need to set up mean churches where we teach you how to be mean. 
We want people... That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. We needed to change. Amen? We didn't need to be who we were. We needed to be who He said we can be. And He put His love in us so that we can be. Amen? Our best defense is no offense. We cannot become offended and decide to go off or not go wherever we're supposed to be. Amen? If comfort is, is only hearing what you want to hear, right? And I can guarantee you, Brother Moore is not the person to listen to if that's what you're looking for. I can guarantee you, Brother Hagen was not the person you wanted to listen to. Brother Copeland is not that person. Amen? These are people who speak the Word in love, right? For us to receive. Glory to God. These people went backwards. The, the offense takes you backwards. We're trying to get somewhere. We're trying to get somewhere with God. Offense will take you out of it. It makes you an easy target. An easy target for what? The devil. An easy target for the devil. Why? Because now you become someone he can use. The devil uses offended people. He has no creative power, so he uses offended people to create his havoc in the earth. <laughs> yeah. What does offended people do? They go around and offend others. They help them to be offended like them. I want you to be like me. Let me tell you about what they've done to me and why they didn't do this and what they haven't done for me. Let me tell you my story. It's lengthy and I'm going to need to convince you, so you need to sit down for a while. It's a chip. It's a chip on your shoulder. And you need to knock it off. I need to knock it off. We need to be unoffendable. We need to protect ourselves. How do you protect yourself? You love His Word. A love for His Word will not step off because it doesn't understand. It will seek Him harder to get understanding. That's where I was going with Bible study. Whenever they would tell me something and I didn't have the answer they wanted and I'd get mad, I started going home and finding myself studying. Instead of getting mad and saying, we're just not going to have Bible study, I'd study and I'd study and I'd say, God, show me this so I can show them this. And I'd study and I'd study. And He always showed me. He always showed me. There's people that go to this church that thought I was crazy. And they knew Rick was. <laughs> but they go here now. Why? Because they learned that God was good. And they decided to not step off that Word. But what if we just said, forget them. We know what we know. We don't need them. Why? We don't love them? Or are we puffed up in knowledge? Knowledge puffs up, love builds up. Love goes back and studies and comes back to you and says, here, this is what I'm thinking. This, this, what, what, you know, what do you think about this verse? Well, it, what's it say to you? It'll find you a thousand different ways to get it in your mouth. Whether it needs to be the airplane or the choo-choo, <laughs> right? Right? Whatever it needs to be, it's going to get it in your mouth because it wants it in your heart. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Got anybody offendable in here? No, we're unoffendable. Amen? <clears throat> Anger is where offense starts. Right? <laughs> Anger, bitterness. You want, you, want to hear some of the, you want to hear some of the ingredients in offense? They're anger, bitterness, malice, wrath, 
vengeance, those are all products of offense. People who are not offended don't have those things. Amen? Right? If you're not offended with somebody, you don't need vengeance. Right? (laughs) Right? If If you're not offended with somebody, you're not looking for wrath. You're looking for mercy. Right? People who are walking in love, when they see somebody trying to offend them, they love them. They hit them with something that will help them to succeed, what will help them to overcome. They don't nurse their grudge. Right? They love them out of it. They try to help them to see that there's a better way. Amen? You guys with me? <coughs> Matthew 5, 22. This is how important it is not to be angry with your brother. You know, if, if we find ourselves angry with somebody, um, bitterness. Think about bitterness. Every time you think about something, if it makes you go, you're bitter. Now, if your face gets like that, you got, you got something you think about like that? Every now and then you think about it, go, ooh, why? It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Why? You're bitter. When you think about it, you need to think about it from a different direction, from a different view. Amen? Start seeing it through the eyes of love. What did that person do? How is it going to affect them? How is that going to affect their life? It can't go well for them. And that should concern us. That should be our concern, that it cannot go well for them. Not that it didn't do well for me. Because guess what? If you just go away and quit thinking about it, it doesn't bother you at all. Do you ever notice that? If somebody tries to offend you and you go away and don't even think about it, it doesn't bother you. Why? You didn't take the opportunity. The devil wanted to see if you'd take the opportunity to be offended. You didn't take it, therefore it did, it did nothing. It had no effect. Right? But the minute you think on it and dwell on it, right, you got angry. You know, sometimes people say stuff and you don't even think about what they said when they said it and you walk away and you say, you know, did they just say? Well, wait a second. They just were saying that I should do that and that maybe I didn't. What? And you walk along and you think about it a little more. I'm going to call them. No, I'm not going to call them. I don't like them enough to call them. I can't believe they said that about me. Why would you think about it? Why does it matter? Huh? Is it true? (laughs) That's what my mom used to say to me. I'd say, Mom, they said this about me. And she goes, is it true? And I'd say, no. And she'd say, well, then why are you listening? Sounds like the enemy's trying to get in your camp. I'd say, Mom, why do I come to you with my problems? I wanted, some, I wanted this grudge nursed. I was looking for help here, and you didn't help me at all. When in fact, she did. She helped me the most, because she looked at it with the eye of love. And she said, first, let me get you in, back in a position you can help this person. Is it true? No. Then you come back and be you. Now, what about that person? Why'd they say it? Why do they feel that way? What happened? What, what's, what's going on in their life? What's happening in their house? Huh? Are we thinking that way? Are we thinking, you know, I don't really care what's happening in their house. You hear what they said about me? Right? Right? 
Oh, great, they lost their job, but what did they say about me? That's how selfish offense is. That's how selfish it is. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I still like the message because I don't want to be offendable. I like the message. I like the fact that I know there is a way at all times for me to hear right, to see right, and to be right. Did you know that love never has a wrong answer? It's never answered somebody wrong ever. It's always answered them in such a way that it puts them in a new position to succeed and prosper. That's what love does. If it corrects you, it's to correct you. It's to get you off the path you're on and back on the path to succeed and prosper. Amen? Love is our answer. Love is the answer to all these things. Where was I? Matthew 5.22? It says, But I say to you, whoever's angry with his brother without cause... People read that and they immediately say, Well, I got cause. <laughs> there you go. If you said that after I read that... Get rid of whatever you you said it about, right? If you said I got cause, get rid of immediately. Your heart's wrong. I'm telling you, your heart's wrong. People that are looking for a way to be a victim through the scriptures, you know, and they say the Bible says you should be helping me. What about all the other things that the Bible said? All they found is the ones that say you should be helping me. The best help we could be to you is to love you. Huh? Is to show you a different way. To show you a good God. Not, not to just take care of your problem. To teach you how to not get back in it. Amen? Whoever shall, uh, is, danger of, uh, is in danger of judgment. And whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, they won't understand him. <laughs> That's a really bad thing to say. What are they saying? They're saying, first you were angry, second you spoke. And you spoke out of anger. Amen? You, you, the first thing you did was you got angry. The second thing you did was spoke. And they're in danger of the council. Right? right or going before the judge. But whosoever shall say, thou fool. Now, now not only did you get angry, you spoke. And you spoke out of offense. So you went from angry... To physical sin, to spiritual sin. You took it right from your head to your mouth to your heart. Amen? And you've now got a fence in your heart towards this brother. And God takes this serious. And He said, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember your brother has ought against you, look at this two ways. If you're the person that they said it about. Say somebody said, called you the fool. And you go to the altar, and we're going to look at it both ways, so you can look at it either way. Somebody said, called you a fool. And you go to the altar, and you remember while you're there that you're upset with that person because they called you that. God's saying, go fix that. Why? Because they're hurting. They're in a position of failure. They're in a position in danger of hell's fire. This is your brother. If you knew your brother was in danger of hell's fire, would you go fix him? It's more important than your gift at the altar. Love and fellowship between one another is more important than your gift at the altar. And without 
the love and fellowship, your gift at the altar has no value. Now let's look at it the other way. Maybe you're the person that called someone a fool and you get to the altar. Yes, please go fix that. (laughs) Why? Because you've offended your brother. Not only are we not to be offendable, we're to try our best not to offend. He said, if at all possible, live at peace, wholeness, soundness, set at oneness with all men, as much as it depends on you. So what's, what, what's it going to depend on you? If you're the one at the altar and you made the mistake, you go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come back. It's more important than the gift. We've we got people sowing seed to meet a need. You know what you need to do? See who you got offended with and go reconcile. Your gift's already at the altar. You just don't have any value right now. Don't you love me today? I'm loving me. Preaching to myself. Woo! (laughs) Be reconciled to your brother. In other words, don't let something be between you and your brother. Think about the think about the two brothers, the, the prodigal son. One left. What what happened to the second one? He got offended that his brother left. And he never got over it. He nursed a grudge for however long this boy was gone. And when he came back, to the, he heard the party. He heard the party and he wouldn't go in. Why? He was offended. He was too offended to be happy that his brother was alive. He was too offended. It'd be like somebody coming to church that had never known Jesus Christ but had hurt you deeply. And they came to the altar and got saved. And you looked up there and said, I was hoping I wouldn't see them in heaven. That's what that would be like. He wouldn't even call him his brother. He had gotten so offended with him that he was no longer his brother. He was his son. But the father reminded him that your brother was lost. Your brother was blind. Your brother was dead. But now he's found. Now he sees. Now he's alive. What was he reminding him? Don't be offended. Get over it and look what the Lord has done. Amen? It's not, we we can't get in these this nursing a grudge look at look at Ephesians 4:26 in, in the uh, living bible if we can put it up there Ephesians 4:26 and 27 <clears throat> I'll read you 1 John 2:10 while we're going there it says he that loves his brother abides in light what's he saying if we're loving our brothers we see everything right why because we're looking at it in God's light When we look at every situation in love's light, God's light, love's light, we see everything right. Amen? Why? Because you're not looking at it from your point of view, what it did to me, what it did for me, what it didn't do for me. Right? We're looking at it from God's point of view. If we love our brother, we abide in the light. And what happens? There's no occasion of stumbling. What? You can't be offended. Why? You're only looking at things from God's point of view. That's why you don't read the book of Job from man's point of view. You'll get offended with God reading the book of Job from man's point of view. Millions are. you got people in churches all over the world today asking why God did that to Job. Why? Because they're only reading the book from Job's point of view. 
If they go back to the back and read that first, where Job said, I've spoke things too wonderful for me to know, and then read the first from God's point of view, they would see what happened. Right. Amen. <laughs> There's one way to see, and it's in the light of God's love. That's the only way. Any other way has possibility of offense. Choices. We choose to be offended or to walk on with God. Amen? Ephesians 4.26, Living Bible. If you are angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. See, getting angry is not the sin. Getting angry is the choice. The next step you take chooses what you do with that anger. Amen? Think about this. If your kid's about to do something and walk off a cliff and you grab them, your first reaction is that you're angry because they almost did it. But your second reaction is that you love them because you saved them from doing it. Anger was there, but love took over. Right? You you wouldn't say, well, if you're that stupid, then just throw them off. (laughs) Right? That's what offense does after it got angry. Right? Wrong choice. (laughs) It says, don't nurse your grudge. What is nursing a grudge? That's following it out. That's taking anger to a whole other level. Now you're offended. You're nursing a grudge. And every time you see that person, it's going to grate you you, and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And he says, don't nurse a grudge. Don't let the sun go down on you while you're still angry. Get over it. I I like to get rid of quickly. Get over it. Do what my mom said. Is it true? If it's not, who cares? If it is, maybe you need to change. (laughs) Okay, if it is, maybe I need to change. Not you, but me. Right? And if it's not true... Pray for that person who said it. They're hurting. They need help. They don't need to be kicked out of the church. They need to be brought in where they can be loved on and nurtured and helped. Not not where they can say, oh, they don't believe like us. Don't let them in. You know what? I think if we all got together, we might all find something we don't believe the same. And you know what we'd find at the end of that all? that we just don't understand it all, or we probably ought to put it together and it'd make sense. But we spent so much time being offended because they didn't believe like me, we never got together. (laughs) Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Get over it quickly. Verse 27, For when you are angry, you give a mighty foothold to the devil. What's he saying? Don't, give, don't get something that's going to separate you from me and push you to him. Amen? People say, well, I just get angry and I can't help it. You can help it. We can help it. Even if we get angry. It's, it says we'll get angry. Get over it quickly. How do we get over it quickly? Love. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm out of time, so we're going there. You may say, Dave, you're going to love again? Yes. Yes, I am. 1 Corinthians 13. Let's just look at verse 5. 
This is how you get over all things. Love. It's the most excellent way, right? Isn't that what it says? It says, you know, you have all these gifts. You can do all these things. But love is the most excellent way. Love is the most excellent way. What's it the most excellent way? most excellent way to do everything. There's, there's no other way. It's the way to do everything. And in verse 5, it says it's not rude. Huh? I'm looking at the NIV. It's not rude. Love's not rude. So when somebody does offend it, it doesn't snap back. Why? It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. What? Love's not looking at what you didn't do for it or what it didn't get or what it doesn't have. It's looking for what is, why are you the way you are? What can I do to help you? Love is not self-seeking. It doesn't manipulate things to its benefit. Right? It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. If you're not easily angered, you can't be easily offended. Because you have to be angry before you can be offended. So if you're not easily angered, you can't be offended. And here's the key to it all. It keeps no record of wrongs. Other verses say it keeps no account of wrongs suffered to it. If you don't keep a record of wrong, it is impossible to be offended. Why? Because the only reason you're offended is because you felt like somebody did you wrong. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Wonder why love's never failed. It's perfect. It doesn't need any change. It reacts the same way every time. How does it react? In love. If you hurt it, it won't hurt you back. If you talk bad about it, it won't talk bad about you. It's looking out for your good every day, not not its. Amen? Amen? When we go places, we have this love in us. We should go in the power of that love. The power of that love is you being in a place with all that power to not hold aught against anybody, to, to, to not be self-seeking where you're at, to never be rude. That's going to make us stand out from every other person we're around. The, the world can't hurt you when you're in this love cocoon. Right? But you can sure help it because everything that's in you can come out towards them. And you won't be seeking your own good. You'll be seeking their good. When you do something, when you make an action, you're doing it for them, not for you. And it's not about you. If they call you in the middle of the night, you don't answer the phone and say, don't call me in the middle of the night. (laughs) Good thing I don't answer like that. I'd be saying it all the time. Right? Why? Because you don't care when they called you because they needed you when they called you. Sleep is self-seeking, unfortunately. You do need it. But just because you're asleep doesn't mean nobody needs your help. Just because you're tired doesn't mean everything's going to be going well the next day. Right? (laughs) Love is the only way around through, over, and never to have offense. If we will do these short things right here, not seek our own, not be angered easily, and keep no record of wrongs, we'll never be offended. And our best defense will be no offense. Hallelujah. Stand up to your feet. Thank you, Lord. It's helping me, so thank you for coming and helping me. God's growing me in these areas. Because, you know what? Too many people off doing the things... 
they shouldn't be doing. You know, most people that get offended and leave, leave a body of believers don't go to another body of believers. Why? Because they're offended with Christians. Why would they go to a body of believers? They're already offended with them. Our job is to not be offended so that we don't offend. Offended people offend others. They're always right. They're never wrong. Right? I have a right to be this way because you don't know what happened to me. Amen? We want to stand out. Everywhere we go, we want to stand out as, as the love of God everywhere we go. We want to stand out as the one that has the right answer, not just the answer. Everybody has an answer. We want to have the answer. Glory to God. You got a song, Matt? Love.